Welcome to the Manifesting Mum podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Bernad, and I'm super excited to share my story and that of my guests as we make the powerful choice to create extraordinary personal and business growth, our own unique version of next level soulful success, and ultimately manifest the impact and the income we feel truly called to in the world. And I know you can do that too. So thanks for being here and let's do this. Hello there, incredible, beautiful Manifesting Mums, and welcome to this special episode of the Manifesting Mum podcast. I'm not flying solo this week. I've got an incredible guest that I'm really excited to introduce you to, and we chatted about so many um, different aspects to do with the art of being overdoing, which I think is so important uh, you know, for us as incredibly busy um, entrepreneurial women. Um, we're juggling so many things, so I know you're going to get a lot out of this episode, but let me just introduce you to the gorgeous Fleur Chambers. She's a certified meditation teacher and creator of the Happy Habit app and online courses, and she holds a master's degree in professional education and is a member of Meditation Australia. And Fleur's guided meditations have been downloaded 900,000 times in 30 countries across the globe. Over 20,000 people have taken her online courses too, which is absolutely incredible. And in addition to the Happy Habit app and online courses, Fleur's work has been featured in meditation apps from Australia, America, Denmark, India, and China. And her signature course, 30 Days to Happiness, has been translated into Chinese too. And Fleur's also a wife, mother to three young boys, and a dog lover. And she helps people experience inner happiness even amidst the uncertainty, fear, and upheaval that is life as an adult on planet earth in 2020. And I really am excited to bring this episode to you because even though we didn't really, upon reflection now, we didn't actually really speak in the context of everything that's going on with um, the pandemic and the global financial situation that we're in right now. But regardless of the fact that we didn't touch on those points, I know that this episode for so many people that are going through such upheaval and change in their life and in their business, this is going to be absolutely a timely episode that is going to help so many of you. We talk all about, you know, the true benefits of meditation, but what I love most about what we chat about is just the practical, like the simple and practical ways that you can either begin or reignite your meditation practice and why it's just so helpful and how you can transfer that over to business. And I think what, I mean, I loved so much about this episode and you're going to absolutely love it too, but one of the main things, the main areas that we really, really spoke about was really the importance of being rather than doing because look, when it comes to the doing, when it comes to the hustle, when it comes to the to-do list, girl, I know you got it covered. I know you know. We all know how to do, but the simple act of being is something that just feels really elusive and really hard and uncomfortable for so many of us. But I know that when you really step into the power of just being in any given moment, whatever that looks like, that you can really create something very, very special in your business and life. So we talk a lot about 
the being over the doing and prioritizing that in really simple and practical ways. So if you are going into this episode thinking, oh my God, she's going to tell me that I have to sit in meditation for 30 minutes every single day, then you can just strike that thought out of your mind right now because Fleur makes this incredibly just accessible for everyone, no matter how busy you feel in your life and also how busy your mind feels as well. So if you are thinking, I don't know how to quiet my mind, I can't know how to stop thinking and I'm too busy to do this and this episode has got your name written all over it. So stick around and join and I know that once you finish listening to this episode, you're going to want to connect with Fleur. So you can head on over and download the Happy Habit app for free on the App Store or Google Play and you can certainly connect with her over on Instagram at the Happy Habit app. And we've got everything linked in the show notes. So listen to the episode and then go and download the app, connect with Fleur and really ground yourself in the beauty that meditation and mindfulness can give to you and your business and your life and particularly your inner happiness as well. So enjoy this episode and um, I'll see you really soon. Well, hello there, beautiful Manifesting Mums. Welcome to this special episode of the Manifesting Mum podcast. I'm joined by an incredible guest. You would have heard from the bio before this episode started. She is amazing. She's accomplished. Um, She's a beautiful soul and she's here joining us today. So a huge welcome, Fleur Chambers, to the Manifesting Mum podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Gemma. It really is my pleasure. Yes. Well, I think we're going to have a really amazing conversation. We were just talking before I hit record on this and I think, so much of what you have to share about um, the power of meditation and really the underlying principle of being more than more so than doing, particularly to grow our business and to reconnect with ourselves, I think is going to be a message so many women a desperately need to hear and are ready to hear too. So I'm excited to go there. But before we do, I want to know a little bit more about you. I want to understand more about. What brought you to this point in your life where you are? You're, you know, certified meditation teacher. You've got this incredible app, the Happy Habit app. That's a bit of a mouthful to say that. I just worked out. <laughs> um, you know, tell me about you. Tell me about your journey that's brought you to this point. So I think it was becoming a mum. So I had three children under three and I wanted to be really good at it. I was trying my absolute best, Mm. but I was getting in my own way. So I was receiving all this really positive feedback from people. You know, you're looking amazing. You're coping so well. You've lost your baby weight. Your three kids are gorgeous. And I was on just working off adrenaline and I was managing my anxiety by always being one step ahead. I had like the kindy bag packed. I had like a thousand extra nappies in the, I had extra milk, you know, all of this stuff. And I thought that if I was always one step ahead doing, then I would be able to alleviate my anxiety that was being a mother of three small children. Mm. And it was almost like one day the adrenaline just wore off and I just fell off the edge and I noticed that three things were going on for me. So one was I had this unbridled sense of fear, like traffic lights weren't going long enough, pool fences weren't high enough. There was just fear at every point for my children's safety. So that was one thing. Another thing was there was this real sense of loneliness for me, even though 
I was never on my own. So there was always someone pulling at my dress or Mm. waking me up in the night, but I felt lonely. And then the third thing that was going on was I had this like uncalibrated sense of empathy. So people would tell me a story and it would just knock me for six, like, Mm. like the story had happened to me. So I just felt like this tree without any roots. I was crying all the time. I wasn't able to navigate my emotions. And it was my mum, actually. I remember I was talking to her on the phone and she very rarely gives advice, but she said to me, I can still remember it. It was 12 years ago. Dal, you need to start meditating so you can be stronger for your three beautiful children. And it was like a moment of advice that I was just ready for. You know, sometimes you get advice and you push it off. So credit to my mum for knowing that's that I would have been. Yeah. really specific advice too, isn't it? It's not like, honey, you need to calm down. You need to take a few deep breaths. It's like, Dal, you need to meditate. I love it. Go mum. Yeah. So she was a psychologist. She'd been meditating for years. And right. in truth, she'd probably been dying to give me this advice. <laughs> yeah. Waiting, waiting for the moment, right? Waiting for the moment. And here it was. Yeah. So there, 12 years ago, I started my meditation journey. And really, I just started with small, mindful moments each day. And so Mm. the idea is that when we're busy, we're caught inside our heads. We're either replaying a past conversation, wishing we'd said something differently, or we're planning for our future. We're planning how we're going to cope, what we're going to be able to fit in, And so when we actually commit to meditation or a mindful moment, we come into our sensate world. So like if you're in the kitchen and you hear your kids laughing, then pause, put down what you're doing in the kitchen and listen to the laughter. Let that laughter land in Mm. your body, mind and heart. When you hold your child's hand, really hold it, allow it to relax you so there's opportunities everywhere for micro moments of being or micro meditations I call them Um, there's moments everywhere for this but often we're too busy scrolling through our phone we're too busy planning for tomorrow we're too busy regretting yesterday that we miss the moment or we notice the moment but we don't spend long enough in there so Mm. in order for a a mindful moment, a moment of presence to actually change who you are, you need to stick with it for at least 30 seconds. If you just see a sunset and you go, oh, beautiful hues of dusty pink, and then you keep on walking, that's not enough. That moment won't have landed. So in order to change the fabric of who we are and really soften and be and open up to a more expansive way of being you need to let the moments land you need to linger and there's so many beautiful ways you do that when you're holding your child's hand you say to them oh it feels so beautiful to hold your hand when I touch your soft skin I notice my belly just relaxes and I get a little smile on my face do you notice that too so you're, you make the moment bigger and bolder and more beautiful and that's how it changes the fabric of who you are. And, you know, just as you're saying that too, I can, I'm just taking myself to that moment as well with my, I'm actually just envisioning right now, just one of my, I've got 
got five children but three younger ones and one of my twins and I'm, I'm just even feeling just the little chubbiness and softness of his hand right now as you're describing that which is so interesting too because it's like that can also be a moment like you can also I felt myself almost slip into a micro meditation then even though I'm sitting here having that moment with you I was just connecting in with just that moment of what that feels like and it does straight away you do start to you, you do feel your internal biology start to shift like everything does start to like all the white noise does start to disappear in those moments where you really anchor yourself in let's be frank like the real simplicity of life I feel like we've lost touch with that mm. haven't we and I, I love what you've just alluded to which is you can get that relaxed state by calling to mind a past time so that is the most amazing thing so our brain when we bring up visualizations moments our brain doesn't distinguish between present moment Mm. past moment or future moment so Mm. that's why um, manifestation through visualization is so powerful so we 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 do it for the future but we can also um do it for the past. So you're calling back a time, bringing to detail, bringing to mind the little chubby cheeks and the soft face, and it's doing it for you as if it was here. So oh, this I can is, feel it. Yeah. So that's why it's so lovely because if people's lives aren't really offering rich moments for presence and gratitude and wonder and awe, then just think about a pastime. Yeah. Well, it's so it's it's interesting because I think. Even that as a, as we, we, I think we do get caught in trying to find some of these big moments to give us those big emotions, those big, anchor us in those big emotions that we want. But I think, as you just said, like, you know, the beautiful soft hues of a, a sunset, you know, holding your child's hands, you know, the smelling a flower, like there's so much power in that. And that's something we've all got access to. Like we've all got access to those little micro moments. It's totally free too, isn't it? Totally free, but it does need to be mentioned that it can feel hard and it's a skill. So mm, yep. every everything in our world is telling us to hurry up, to do more, to get more done. You'll be happy when you've done the dishes, you've finished that last email, you've earned your next 10K. And so to, to be as opposed to do, feels uncomfortable for the first little while. And I think it's really Mm. important to normalise that because Mm. people try and be and they're like, oh, it's falling a bit flat. I'm feeling a bit guilty for not wiping Mm. down the bench. Um, I'm feeling I can't quite be in the moment playing with my kids because I'm thinking about that email. So when we are starting the process of being, We've got to be okay with being a little bit uncomfortable because we're swimming against the tide, the tide of everything and everyone else telling us we need to hurry up. So I think it's really helpful to let people know that it can feel a bit clunky. It can feel a bit a bit like hard work at the start mm. to try mm. and be, whereas you and I have been practising for a long time. So that's why the moment's sink in a lot quicker for us but it's really important when people to begin when people begin to know that it's okay if if they don't get the big feelings straight away 
Yeah. And even though this is something that I have been practicing for a while, it's still clunky. There are still moments where I'm, I'm heavily resisting the concept of slowing down, doing less. I mean, I've just come off, where are we now? We're in July now. June for me was, was a rest month. It was actually the most uncomfortable month I've had. <laughs> you know, it was really uncomfortable because as you say, we're swimming against the tide. Like it is everything around us, everything within us, our, our programming, everything is saying, come on, let's go, let's hurry, let's do more, let's hustle, let's keep going. And I really had to be very intentional in June and say, no, slow down. Like let's take a step back. Let's, you know, let's really intend to rest more. And it felt uncomfortable even though I, so it felt uncomfortable for me. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. And so what people can do is they can get curious about the uncomfortableness. Well, that's mm. a micro meditation. That's a micro moment. So where does the uncom- uncomfortableness sit in your body? Do you feel it across your eyes? Do you feel it in your tummy? Um, what type of thoughts do you have when you're resisting? Is it like, oh, I should be doing this. People will think I'm lazy. You know, what does your mind say to you when you're feeling uncomfortable? So you can you can make the uncomfortableness the focus of your presence yes. if you like. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And nothing to and that's something I think to, I know anyway for me, it's something to embrace. I absolutely do I embrace the discomfort because to me it tells a story. It tells a really powerful story. And there's so many opportunities for growth amongst that. But I think we're we're really conditioned to particularly with meditation, I think, because there's a part of it that's very natural to us. It's like, well, if it's, if I'm, I should be just doing it right straight away. Like it should be easy. Like, come on, how hard is it to just sit and be, you know, the, all those thoughts that come up. And I think that's where I see a lot of people that I speak to, a lot of people I work with really give up on meditation, mindfulness very early on in the piece because it doesn't feel easy. It doesn't feel natural. You know, it doesn't feel comfortable at all. And it, it's been advertised very badly, if you like. I mean, oh, all these yes. images of people finding inner peace or zen or being calm. The reality is sometimes when you meditate, all you're doing is noticing those busy thoughts and coming back. And it can just be a process of focus, losing focus, and then coming back. And you're like, hey, I didn't get to any nice spot of relaxation. <clears throat> I didn't get to the Zen moment I was really wanting. But you're like, I lost my focus and I came back. And that's just part of it. Yeah. Actually, there's two things I, want, I love that because there's two things that I wanted to, I want you to really speak about because as I was doing some preparation for the podcast and having a chat with you, there was a couple of things. I was looking at your amazing app looking on your socials as well. And I, there was a post you shared actually quite recently, I think, um, that talked really about those people that do meditate regularly and what is it that's able to keep them in that meditative practice. And you said curiosity. And I was like, oh, that is, I just, oh my God, I love that. So I want you to talk around that. But as you were talking, I realized because part of your um, happy habit app as well is also doing some challenges. And I know you talked a lot about compassion. And I think to me, as I think about what's allowed me when I am in the, that state of being able to meditate, practice mindfulness, regular and consistency, it actually is those two things. It's curiosity and, and compassion that actually allow me to be in that practice consistent, somewhat consistently, whatever that consistent looks like for me on any given week, 
but that's what allows me. So I'd love you to share around why curiosity and compassion are so important, no matter what stage you're at in your meditation journey. Oh, absolutely. In um, the online courses that I have, it's always day two that I go, now it's time to welcome your three travel companions. First one, curiosity. Second, compassion. Third, sense of humour. Because if we can't have a sense of (laughs) humour. Yes, totally agree. Yes. So, So these are our three companions. And curiosity has an openness to it it's Mm -hmm. not about solving a problem or getting to the bottom of something so curiosity you can be curious about your breath where it sits where it's getting stuck you can be curious about your thoughts are they taking you into the past off into the future do they feel like ruminations regrets hopes wants dreams Um, You can be curious about your body. I mean, is your body feeling aches and pains and are you ignoring it? Is your body feeling open? Is there a pocket in your body that feels tight and could that tell you something? You can be curious about your emotions. Are you allowing them to flow or are you pushing some of the ones that you don't particularly like aside? And the best one is you can be curious about why you didn't meditate today. So when you fall off, the habit and you have a few days where you haven't meditated, you're like, oh, okay, I'm not going to beat myself up about that. I'm not going to be hard on myself, but I'm going to get curious. What's changed for me that's meant today I didn't sit down and make myself a priority in that way? And you get curious about the stories or what your life looks like or what your routine looks like. So curiosity just keeps you going. It keeps you Um, one foot in front of the other because, you know, life is about getting to know yourself and you have to have curiosity there. Absolutely. And then compassion because when we pull back the layers, when we identify the stories we have about ourselves, it can be really unpleasant. I remember when I first realised how unkind I was to myself. Mm. I was horrified, absolutely Mm. horrified that I had let that inner voice speak to me so strongly my entire life. And I just had to offer myself and that part of me compassion. So Mm. you find out things about yourself (laughs) that have been hidden that you don't mind blaming people when life feels hard that you've Mm. got a little bit of Mrs judgment in you of other people Mm. that perhaps you're not as kind as you thought you were Um, I've been exploring rage lately and so Mm. if I couldn't bring some compassion (laughs) to the part of me that felt rage I'd feel shame Mm. so compassion is a it really You're not going to continue to do the work of learning who you really are unless you're compassionate because it will just be too uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I always, and that's something I talk a lot about as well is that, I mean, our emotions themselves, nothing wrong with our emotions. It is the judgment. It is the the stories that we have about that, why they're wrong, why we're wrong, why we're doing it wrong, why it's bad, you know, all of that. And I think that air and that, um, layer of compassion in that experience 
is absolutely what allows people to keep going to do that deeper work to really reconnect and and even deepen that connection with themselves excuse me so that you know we can we can again continue that path of curiosity you know continuing to keep going down they work so beautifully together as well and I love and the final one sense of humor I love that I hadn't thought about that but god that's a good one (laughs) because really like we do just have to have a laugh at ourselves, don't we? And how we all just take ourselves so seriously. And if you ever um, are lucky enough to sort of hear some very spiritual person speak, they've always got a wicked little smile on their face. I mean, they're just so true. Human condition, yeah. Yeah, that is so true. Actually, I'm 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 picturing some in my mind. It's so very true, isn't it? And, um, yeah, I love that because I think we do take ourselves so seriously. And I I see, again, because I do see that pattern when people are first getting into meditation, that they take themselves seriously. It's like, okay, right, I sit down, I've got to sit up nice and straight, I've got to have my legs crossed, I'm in lotus position, fingers in the right position, completely erect spine. It's like, you know, it's got to look this way. And I know for me, I had to completely let go of all of that. I was like, I've got to let go. Like, A, my back gets sore, so I can't sit like this the whole time. Like, I've got to find a position that's comfortable for me. But it did mean, like, I had to get into that space of, like, curiosity, compassion, and then have a sense of humour. Because I remember, actually, a few years ago, I had a photo shoot done, and I said to the lady, I'd like you to get some photos of me in meditation. Here I was sitting by the pool. Never meditate by the pool, but I never, ever meditate by the pool, right? Ever. I've never done it. Um, And um, she took the photo. Just the sense of concentration on my face. I was like, you know, really, and it was so... um, indicative and representative of where I was in that I mean this was about three and a half years ago really was so indicative of where I was at in my meditation journey this real very like I was very serious it was very forced it was very contrived it was very stop your thinking oh stop oh there's a thought god don't think that don't think that don't think that follow it away go away that's really what it was and it was but I now reflect on that and I ha- I can see the hue. I laugh at it. I think, oh, and I have compassion. I'm like, that's where I was in that journey. Yep, you were trying your best. You were, yeah. wanting to be, you were wanting to be good at it. Like I said in the start of this interview, I wanted to be a good mum. And that pressure, well, also wanting to be good assumes that you're not already good. So yes. you're coming from a position of lack. So yeah. when I was striving to be a good mum, when people are striving to be a good meditator, when people are striving to have a six-figure business, it's telling your mind, body and heart that you're lacking, that you're already not enough and nothing good comes from a position of not being worthy or enough. Mm. Um, well, I like to call what I do, which is meditation. Excuse me, meditation. I meditate in bed, lying down underneath my covers. <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing that. Everyone here, we have a meditation teacher on the podcast, and she does it in bed, in the comfort of her own bed, under the covers. Okay, I Adding love to this. A wheat yeah. bag, so a wheat bag, and I there say to my go. husband, "Excuse me, I'm just going to meditate." He goes, "No, you're going to have an afternoon nap, aren't you?" I'm like, mm, "Might turn into that." But- <laughs> So comfort is key. Oh, my goodness. That's so refreshing to hear. It really is because I know I have certainly been in on that 
side of the fence where you're looking at people that, you know, do teach meditation or that have it as a very core and key part of what they do that do put it out there. And it's not that they necessarily say this is how it's going to be, but it's like this is how they meditate. And it seems very, it's very like, you know, as I say, like very upright, very, you know, the way that we think it should be. And I was, I did find that really hard for a long time to be able to very much rest and relax into, that's not me. I can't, that's not how it's going to be. I have to do it this way. Like this is what's comfortable for me. Sometimes that is lying down. Sometimes that's standing up. Sometimes that's, you know, I'm waiting at the the deli for the meat to be cut and I'm just going to stand here and have a moment where I just either close my eyes or I just focus on my, my giving myself permission to at that point in what, you know, to stray away from what, how I felt it had to be, should be, needed to be, to make it work for me. Absolutely. And that's a mirror of how you should really engage with life, isn't it? It's like with your business or with your family, we're not in a good place when we're caught up in comparisons and we Mm. think we need to parent like other people do, or we need to grow our business like other people do. So experimenting in meditation with the idea of identifying what suits you is a really great way to flex those muscles so you can then do it out in life. Yeah, and that, um, it's, I think it's in, important because I know when I talk to people about incorporating meditation into their practice, I tell people, like, you know, this is my belief anyway, that meditation is not the art of practicing sitting still and quieting your mind it's it really is meditation is there to help you enjoy life to help you connect like it's to help you in life it's not about getting good at meditating it's about you know being able to take that incorporate that into your everyday life instead of that 5 10 20 30 minutes that you might isolate that in your day it's like any sort of practice any sort of skill um, that we want to learn it really is how can it tra- how can you transfer this over to the rest of your life absolutely and we say that you know just like our eyes are designed to see our minds are designed to think so it's not about stopping your thoughts what it is about is noticing when your thoughts have gone off and offering them a smile a compassionate breath and coming back. So each time you come back, you tell your nervous system, you tell yourself, you tell the universe that you're worth the effort. You you are worth the effort of coming Mm. back to yourself and your practice. So it's like in life, when you start the day really well, and you're like, I'm going to eat well, I'm going to read, I'm going to not be on the phone. And then you lose your way halfway through the day, you have a piece of cake, and you start scrolling. Well, you don't continue to scroll. You don't have a second piece of cake. You pause, you offer yourself a smile and a compassionate breath and you come back to your intention of the morning, which was to have a good, healthy, vibrant day. So what meditation does is it helps you in life realise when you've gone off track, offer yourself some compassion, let go of the judgement and then come back. Because how many people do we know that lose their way, but just continue to lose their way for, for a long, long time, even after they've identified it. So meditation helps you come back time and time again. Mm, it does, doesn't it? And I think that is so much because we are caught in this cycle of just continuing to do. Like we're so busy 
we are. We're, so we've created lives that are so busy. And that, I know for me, that's definitely been an excuse that I've used when I've fallen out of a practice of some sorts is I don't have time. You know, I'd love to, I'd love, like, let's talk a little bit about some of those excuses, some of those reasons that people offer up as to why they can't, they can't meditate. And I know, like, I don't have time, I'm too busy. It's got to be top of the pops for a lot of people. So there's two ways of operating. We're either doing or we're being. And you imagine them both as like sets of muscles. Most of us have very strong doing muscles and it's just a habit. It's a habit Mm. of doing. And so to get into the habit of being, meditation being one way to be, takes a little bit of work and a little bit of time. So um, the thing about to-do lists and being caught on the treadmill of doing is it's never-ending. The more you put on your to-do list, the more you put on your to-do list until mm-hmm. you're putting ridiculous things on there like make the children's lunches that you do anyway but you're just so caught up in the to-do list. And so mm. you, need to, you need to be really interested in this idea of being and you need to have almost enjoyed it a few times in order to, to mm. go back. So when you do decide to meditate, pat yourself on the back. Like don't just meditate and then move on. Be like, well done. I made time for that today. It was a little bit hard. It would have been easy just to continue doing, but I made time and it feels good. And if you make that moment of sort of gratification and satiation and feeling proud of yourself, if you make that moment land, you're sending a message to your mind, body and heart that you'll do it again. But often people either see the meditation as another thing to tick off the to-do list so they're not even getting <laughs> the benefit of the being. Mm. Um, they've got expectations around it so it's just another thing that they feel like they haven't done well. Yeah. Um, and, and then also it's about knowing realistically when you could fit it into your day. So could you set your alarm for five minutes earlier and just take 10 deep breaths in the morning when you hop out of bed before you scroll? Could you, lying in bed at night, instead of scrolling through Facebook on your phone, could you take 10 deep breaths and every time you breathed out, just say, letting go, letting go of all the things I didn't get done today of all the things that didn't go to plan. So it can just be a matter of small little things. When you're cooking, smell the vegetables and the fruit, like the parsley, smell the capsicum, notice the colours, the textures. So just moments of being peppered throughout your day and they actually say that five micro moments of about a minute each is as powerful as a 20-minute seated meditation Love and it. I think for busy people and so getting off the phone is really I think an incredibly powerful way to do it so if you turn the kettle on if you're waiting for the pasta to boil if you're in the supermarket queue don't fill those moments with technology mm. fill them with a moment of being so when mm-hmm. you when you fill the small moments of your day with technology you're agitating your nervous system. You're getting into that 
need to be more, should have done more, not enough, comparisons, guilt, blame. Whereas if you can take those moments of transition in your day as opportunities to get off the treadmill and to be, then that actually changes the whole way your day will flow. And I'm sure your listeners could think of at least one time in their day, right here, right now, where they scroll through social media, where instead they could swap it with two minutes of mindful presence. And what a significant difference that would make too. Because we know what a huge impact two minutes of scrolling on social media can do to someone's emotional experience in any given moment. So imagine just switching off from that and how powerful that can be. And I love, again, I think this is for so many people going to really crack people open to start to see meditation in such a different light too. Because as I say, I think there are a lot of people, a lot of people in my community that are listening right now that really believe, okay, if I'm meditating, I have to be, you know, sitting down in this space, 20 minutes, complete serenity and bliss, you know, no thoughts, nothing going on. And it's that expectation that's actually creating the barrier for them to actually do anything. So giving them permission to just go, you know what, it can be that moment in the supermarket. It can be when you're driving, you know, even to pick your kids up from school, you can have those moments. You can just pepper them throughout your day and all of a sudden that just makes it so accessible to everyone. So the picking your kids up is a huge one. So you've been at work, you've been doing the shopping, you've whatever, you drive to the car park and most what most people do from the car to their children's classroom is scroll. Mm. And so what that's doing is basically making them feel terrible about themselves. Mm. But if you could swap that with 20 mindful steps where you feel your feet as they hit the ground, where you look at the trees and you notice what season you're in, where you feel the breeze, where you let go of the chapter of your day that's just finished and welcome in the next the next stage, which is picking your kids up, where you get ready to notice their facial expressions, to ask them how their day was. I mean, how different is your afternoon rush if you've just taken two minutes to get off the doing treadmill and you've taken two minutes to be? It's like stress is an accumulation of just never getting off the treadmill. So Mm -hmm. even, even three of those moments a day, can reduce your stress, which significantly helps you manage every single part of your of your day. And it's just a habit. It's a habit um, that can be quite enjoyable when you get into it. But I think we need to acknowledge that it can feel a bit clunky. And also it can feel really hard not being on social media when that's a habit, because often we scroll because we're anxious. So we're we're anxious to start with. And then we think if we're up to date with social media, haven't missed out on anything, then that will alleviate our anxiety. But what it actually does is it fuels our anxiety. So it's a a solution that actually doesn't work. Mm, Yeah, and it is. It's a challenge that so many of us face too. I mean, I use social media so much for my business. It's such a core part of my business. Um, It allows me to communicate and connect. So, you know, it, it is 
has historically been a challenge as well to find ways to be able to have those boundaries set up. So it is, okay, so I'm using it for business and I can have the scroll here on there, but also just making sure that those moments are there where I'm not, like that social media, it's just the phone's away, you know, it's just, it's you just let go of it and, and be in the moment and be present. I think it's incredibly important. And I'd love, I want to kind of just go on a, just a slight tangent because so, a lot of the women that, listen to this podcast, do have their business, do have a business and for them, you know, manifesting success, you know, soulful success at whatever level is really incredibly important for them. And I'd love to, like, I'd love to kind of go down this path and talk a little bit about how, you know, meditation can become really, I mean, I believe anyway, it can be an incredibly powerful tool to manifest you know, success in your business. So I'd love to hear your thoughts around that. I'd love to hear about how you use meditation in your business um, and what it looks like for you. Absolutely. So what meditation does is it allows you to get out of your busy thinking mind, which is filled with stories of not being enough, of I'll accept myself when, I'll relax when. And so you you tap into a deeper part of you that's already enough. So a part of you that's already wise, Mm. a part of you that's already grounded, a part of you that's already creative, intuitive. And the more times you can meet that part of yourself in meditation, the more times she comes to play in real life. And then decision-making is easier. Mm. Um, We don't care as much about what other people think of us. We let go of the attachment to our courses, to our offers, to what people think of us. We set better boundaries. We listen to our body when our bodies are sore and telling us it's time to hop off the computer. We actually hop off the computer. Um, So when when we're in our heads and we're stressed, and I don't mean like biting fingernails stressed, I just mean your nervous system's been engaged for a long time. It's harder to solve problems. We worry about what people think. Our perspective is narrowed. We can't see the bigger picture and we can't identify what our purpose is when we're stressed. There's no way we can. If Mm. we think If we think we've identified our purpose and all we do is do all day, we haven't. We've identified our ego's purpose. So when we meditate and we're in more of that being relaxed state, we can really get clear on what success looks like for us, on what, um, on what our purpose looks like, on what our vision looks like. So my vision for my business is actually for me to live without fear. That mm. is my biggest, boldest, most audacious goal And whilst it's about me, imagine the flow-on effects. Mm. If I could live without fear and how that would manifest in a day would be I'd say no to opportunities that didn't suit me, I would prioritise things that were true for me, I would um, not worry about what people think, I would not be constantly checking, I would have rituals around my work, I would segregate tasks properly, I would play a much, much bigger game and I would encourage other people to do so. So it's like my personal vision, which is living without fear, if I can do that 
imagine the powerful ripples I would have. But if I was caught up in this doing, doing, I'd have a vision of like having 1 million people download my app or whatever. And that may come as a consequence, but the big vision, the big purpose, it's got to come from a much more expansive place than numbers and money. I love that because that really lends itself into that perfect model. I know you'll be familiar with this model, but the be, do, have model, you know, we're so focused on the have, like it's so true. Like we talk, a lot of people do talk about that surface level, like here's what I want to have and that's my vision and that's my purpose. But in order to have that, you've always got to go, like what drives what we have is what we do and what drives what we do is who we are, who we are at our core. And if that's the focus, and I love that about your purpose, like if that's the focus, then that matriculates out into our 3-day physical experience and then by proxy, yes, maybe you will have a million people that, you know, download your app or maybe it'll be more, maybe it'll be less, maybe it'll be whatever it is. But you get, and this is something I love to teach and I'm so glad that you've brought this up, is you know, it's where you've talked a little bit already. It's like the, when I, then I, when I have a million people download my, then I'll live without fear. Then I'll be bold. Then I'll do that. And it's a complete reverse way of trying to create anything. It's like, okay, well, if I just focus on who I need to be, you know, a woman without fear and I anchor myself into that vision and that purpose, then wow, imagine what that could be. It's incredible. I love it. And powerful, very powerful. And so another thing is around we need to do, don't we? As successful business women, we can't just be meditating all day. So I want to be realistic about that. But how do you do in a more being way? So this is what I feel like I'm really working on and improving at the moment. So every day I would get probably 2,000 comments on my online courses. And if I was just doing at that, I'd be checking them all day as the kettle boiled. I'd be checking one. I'd be allowing one to make me feel not so good about myself. I'd be allowing one to make me feel like I needed to do another project. But instead, what I do is once a day, I offer myself over to the process of interacting with people and I set myself up with my crystals and my aura soma and I do a little ritual and I tap into the universal energy of compassion and intuition and then I sit down and I allow the experience to be beautiful so certainly I'm doing because I'm responding to these people but I'm doing it in a being way so Mm. I know that I'm going to give and there's going to be some giving and receiving I'm going to learn something about myself through the questions they ask I'm going to give with a whole and generous heart I'm not going to try and solve their problems I'm just going to allow I'm going to channel something much bigger to guide what I say and so There's a real, when you make doing a ritual, it becomes more being, if that sort of makes sense. And that's how we want to be. Makes absolute sense. That's how we want to be working. Because before I really got curious about this, I got to the stage where I was feeling really hostile that I had to write back to these lovely comments. I was like, oh, God, there's a 100 comments. They've been kind to me. Now I've got to be generous and kind back to them. Like Mm. I was, I had lost the 
being the beautiful moment in that because it had turned into doing. So I guess for your audience, I wonder if there's like one function of their business or their life that they could create a ritual around so it felt more being than doing. You still get it done, but you get it done in a totally different way. Oh my goodness. And straight away, one of the biggest things I think people could really connect in with is how they actually present themselves on social media. Like really, because I I mean, I know a lot of my clients, one of the biggest hurdles that they have, and I'm I'm sure this filters um, flows through to my community as well, is, you know, when they need to sit down and and write copy and content and think about what their social media is going to look like, there's you know, it really, it really is very much on the to-do list, right? It's really like, oh, God, it's just something I've just got to tick off, I've got to get it done. And it can be, you know, showing up and sharing ourselves and our message can really be a very, very beautiful experience if we anchor ourselves in that intention, in that ritual of, you know, how can I show up and share? How can I be of service? How can I, you know, whatever that is. And I think that would be a beautiful way for people to be able to practice the art of being and the doing that they're doing so that it really makes that act of doing something that feels really purposeful and really intentional and shifts the energy around it straight away. Absolutely. And so before I send my weekly email or, you know, an ad campaign or whatever, I before I press send, I do a small sort of prayer of peace and gratitude to everybody that mm. received it. So sure, it was an email And I'm hoping someone's maybe going to buy something or whatever, but I've shared myself and then I I send a message of peace out to people and guaranteed when I do that, I get more, more responses. I'll never forget last year we were in Italy and I had a course coming up and I was like, I don't want to be spending money and time doing Facebook ads and everything. And I thought, I'm just going to send out a message of peace to all the mums out in the community and I'm just going to wish them well and wish for them peace, peace from me to them. Woke up the next day, 12 people had enrolled in my course. I hadn't even posted about it. So, So this is, and even if they hadn't enrolled, I still would have felt lovely because I'd been vibrating peace. Exactly. They would have felt lovely. So, yeah. And that's so important because it is, it's that energy that you connect in with that just really gives you, like so many people are looking for instant gratification outside of themselves. And I don't, it's not that I'm buying into or promoting instant gratification, but if you really want to feel better, then you can make the choice to feel that. And then it doesn't matter. And you talked about detachment about to outcome, then doesn't matter what happens. It's like, I just feel good. I just feel good anyway. I feel good. I'm giving, I'm sending energy. I'm sending peace, I'm sending love, and I feel good for it. And, oh, my goodness, amazing, look at these people that have come and joined my program that I can now help and serve at a greater level. And I think it's, I know that when I practice that and when I teach that to my clients too and they do that, it never ceases to blow my mind that the results that they're after end up flowing as a natural byproduct of that too. Absolutely. And I often ask myself, what is this the energy of so if I'm scheduling my posts and I really don't feel like it or if I'm you know something feels contrived or forced I'm like what is this the energy of and sometimes it'll be like it's the energy of overwhelm it's the energy of feeling like an imposter it's the energy of striving and so just be with that energy for a moment and then switch it up to the energy of compassion to the energy of 
gratitude. So being taking responsibility for the way in which you work. Mm. And I mean, God, that we could go into a whole other conversation because responsibility is really the foundation from which everything that we've spoke about really stems from too. Like when you are able to step into that place of being responsible and being aware of that responsibility for your own rituals, your own emotional well-being, you know, the practices that you put into place, you know, things become, you know, I generally think things become a lot simpler as well. So I love that you've touched on that. I mean, you've shared so many amazing um, tips as well, so many amazing, really practical ways that people can incorporate meditation and mindfulness into their life and into their business. And I'd love for us to kind of finish off there. And I'd love, is there anything else that you would love to share? Any, you know, sort of maybe you can round off a few small tips that people can take away with them today that's going to allow them to either start to practice some sort of meditation or even just reconnect with their meditation practice as well? Hmm. So the mindful moments, small moments where you are willing to be more than just your thoughts. So you can pause at any time during your day and start with one breath and then you can ask yourself, what am I thinking right now? Like where have my thoughts taken me? So you go, are they in the past? Are they in the future? Am I worrying, striving, strategizing, hoping? And you're like, okay, those thoughts are there, but I don't have to just be those thoughts. I'm going to come into my body and into my sensate world. So when we engage our senses, we naturally come down from our mind. We can't think and sense at the same time. So you notice the colours in your environment. You notice texture. You touch someone you love, touch the couch you're sitting on, feel the warm cup of tea in your hand and you linger in this moment for a little longer than you usually would, maybe four or five breaths. And if you could just start doing this a few times a day and as I've said, moments of transition, so when picking kids up, when in a supermarket Mm. queue, when the kettle's boiling, they're just real, they're quick wins. If you could commit to not scrolling, incidental scrolling, it's another quick win. So that's a way of just peppering mindful moments into your day. And then if people are interested in establishing or re-establishing a meditation practice, um, let go of expectations. Don't make it perfect. It's okay if you're interrupted. It's okay if all you do is notice how busy your mind is. Just commit to meditating without any expectation that it's going to be, you know, relaxing or calming or you're going to have a huge moment. And when you let go of the expectations, that's actually when meditation delivers because you're not trying so hard. Mm, Yeah, that's so true. So very, very true. I love everything you shared today, Flo. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your knowledge and your experience and some beautiful words of wisdom too that are just grounded in simplicity and practicality as well. I really appreciate that. And I know that after listening to this episode, people are absolutely going to want to connect with you and to learn more and to hopefully you know, get their meditation practice up and going. So how can people find out more, connect with you and learn from you? 
Thanks, Gemma. So my Happy Habit app is available on, you know, everywhere apps are available, Google Store, yeah. um, Apple. But what's really nice about the app is that you can do these meditation challenges. So you set a time and for the next 10 or 30 days, you'll be reminded and a brand new meditation of five minutes comes straight to you. And if you don't listen to it, then it's available for 24 hours. So they're five minute micro meditations all designed to increase your experience of inner happiness there's also a much bigger meditation library in there and there's also journaling which I know a lot of people really really love so guided journaling and it's all geared towards cultivating these 10 inner resources that help you with happiness so compassion calm awareness gratitude vitality acceptance and so what I'm hoping to build is a community of people that know what they need to be happy so just say you wake up in the morning and you're like oh I'm feeling a bit like from yesterday I need a bit of vitality so they go to the vitality pathway or they're having trouble in their relationships and they're doing a lot of judging and blaming and they're like, oh, I think I need the acceptance pathway. So I am hoping to grow a community of people that not only know that happiness isn't a point in the future, but they also know what practice they can do in that very moment to increase their experience of happiness and knowing that it'll change each day. Mm, I love it. Resources sound amazing. I've had a look through the app. It looks incredible as well. Again, very practical, very simple, which is what we're all about here at the Manifesting Mums community. So, Me too. Um, yeah, I think it, especially as mums, you're making this all just you know, even me, even giving me permission again to like let go of another layer of judgment around, you know, my own practice and, and really bring in some more compassion to all of it too. So I know that it's going to be so incredibly valuable and helpful to so many of the women that are listening to this episode um, today. So thank you so much for your time again and thank you for sharing all of this. And please, if, actually, one last thing, if they want to, I'll put this, all of this in the show notes too, but if they want to connect with you on social media, if they want to infuse more happiness, inner happiness, joy and peace into their life, obviously they're going to want to follow you. So how can they, how can they actually connect with you on social media as well? So Instagram would be the best place or Facebook and it's the Happy Habit app. Simple. There Simple. you go. Amazing. <laughs> we'll make sure everything's connected in the show notes too. So just drop into the show notes to go and join Fleur over um, in her slice of Instagram or on Facebook and do yourself a favour and download the app too as well. Like you know, it make it will make meditation so simple and easy for you and so accessible too. So amazing so thanks again for your time thanks so much Gemma it's been really lovely to connect with you beautiful and to all you beautiful listeners out there thank you for joining us again for another episode of the manifesting mum podcast and um, we'll see you again really really soon thanks for listening to this episode of the manifesting mum podcast as always I am super grateful for being in your world and if you're looking for a supportive community of mums manifesting success in business and life, then I'd love you to head to the link in the show notes for this episode and join the Soulful Manifesting for Entrepreneurs Facebook group. And finally, if you're the type of person that likes to help others just like I do, then I'd love you to take just one minute to rate and review this podcast and then share it with one person in your life that wants to manifest extraordinary soulful success. 
Otherwise, I'll see you same time, same place for the very next episode. Have a beautiful day wherever you are.